Welcome back to They Talk Sex Podcast. This is the brothel keeping episode. We're going to speak to Bella Cummins. She is the owner or manager? Owner. Owner of, that's right, Bella's Hacienda, a legal Nevada brothel in Wells, Nevada. Uh, fun fact, if we don't have your attention already, there's a big discount for locals, Utah locals, until the end of this year, 2023. So you can find them on bellas.us. So hello. Hi, Bella. Hi. How are you this evening? I am doing all right. Before we started, you and I were talking about some of the local economies in sex work. I'm over here in Portland. You're in Nevada. How long have you been over there? Um, boy, now you're going to date me. 37 years. <laughs> <laughs> I turned 37 in two weeks, so you have oh. a lifetime of experience. Oh, well, happy birthday. Thank you. Happy anniversary. Pretty. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. So what does your daily life look like related to your work, your ownership of Bella's Hacienda? I begin my day with uh, what I call greetings. All right. So that I see how everyone's doing. Um, we're, because, because the ladies and I work uh, together, if you will, meaning that we... Um, they have business licenses. I have business license. And, and so we're really uh, team players, partners as entrepreneurs, if you will. And so I, when I go in, uh, you know, I chat with whoever happens to be in the, in the immediate kitchen area. And then I check how things are at the, at the bar area. You know, is there anything needed? Do I need to create a, a longer list than normal? Uh, you know, check the ATM. And then from there, I like to make sure that um, I get into the office and look at how everything went the day before. Uh, does anything need repair? Sometimes, you know, I'm the repair person. And sometimes I, I have a repair person. It just kind of depends on how in-depth it is. And then we have um, mm. meetings, you know, where I have uh, courtesans who at one time worked what we call the floor. And now I have several of those that are actually in the bartending hostess leadership role that are helping these youngsters mm. get, um, I'm going to say, get good at negotiations or get good at, mm. at becoming better um, entertainers. And so, and that mm -hmm. means several meetings with them and and, you know, what came up that, that gets to be addressed today, because that's where we learn the most is when things don't go quite the way we'd like. Mm, I'm so thrilled that you have such a coherent, um, I would say, like intentional awareness of what's going on in your business, because as someone who's worked in for adult in terms of venues, primarily strip clubs. It is really shocking the disconnect sometimes between ownership, management, and then the people who are actually doing the work. And the most, <clears throat> the most cohesive businesses really flow together because everybody's communicating. You said in terms of the, the younger workers learning the ropes and learning how to negotiate, do you hire 18 and up or 21 and up? We hire 21 and up. And, you know, the big part of my day is, is talking to some of the younger ladies because, as you know, get entering into an industry, uh, you you want to enter it like a brand new sponge where you work to give them just enough 
each day so that it isn't overwhelming. And, and then mm. to have someone like right there with them so that they can, they don't have to learn things uh, in a way that holds back their financial success. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Optimizing income for everybody is kind of the goal, like in a safe and fun way, right? Yes. And, you know, the other part of my day that, that really, it, it relates to them, but it's the part where I'm, um, you know, checking in with uh, Google Analytics or making sure the banners are out, or do we need to add things to the website, or do we have a new lady and that needs to go up? So there, you know, there's front office, uh, back office, and then of course are the things that we talked about at first. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the website now. I'm looking at some of the profiles of these people. Um, so you have women. Uh, these are cis women. Do you have any trans women? No, no. It's uh, in rural Nevada. Would you? Uh, at this mm-hmm. time, I, I, I'm steering clear of what I call women that are now women that were born differently because the the clientele and there's no way it, at this point in time in rural Nevada to, to I'm going to say, step into the trans world, which I have no problem with, which I believe is, is more accepted in, in uh, cities where, yes, they have to work independently or as escort or whatever. And so <clears throat> it might be a, that it's just, that we're not there yet. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I it's all in presentation and I witness some of the so I I work with at least one trans woman in the strip club mm-hmm. environment and she keeps her bottoms on and she tucks. So a lot of clientele never see most of them, they never see her bottom genitals and she hasn't had any surgery. Um, and she is very passable otherwise, but it can be a hostile or dangerous environment for her because when people realize that she's trans they either really like it or they don't care or they really hate it so that is negativity directed at her and if the venue's not prepared to withstand it then it can be unsafe for a lot of people but i bet if there was just one or two gals that it was like set up in a way i bet it might be a real hit but again i don't know the clientele in your rural area rural folks like trans women just as much as anybody else in my experience Okay, so how do you feel about decriminalization of sex work? Because I can be very critical of legalization only models. I want venues to be able to exist, which they would under decrim. Uh, but how do you feel about it? I feel that there should, as long as, I have to back up there, when we're talking about consensual adults, okay, that are making a I'm going to call it a business arrangement. Mm-hmm. There should there should be nothing that can be criminalized with that. So I totally believe in decriminalization. I you know I don't want children involved or anything like that. That we are never ever going there because that's mm-hmm. that's criminal offenses. But in decriminalization, rarely is it set up where individuals can can be do more for their society whether it's pay taxes 
or actually have police protection because they don't have anything that that gives them uh, that entrepreneurial sole proprietor uh, type of, of business. So I agree with you. There should be no criminalization. There shouldn't even be partial decriminalization because then they're going to attack mm-hmm. the, the buyer. And that that's incorrect. It's no. Right. Partial. No. Partial decriminalization is a misnomer because that's like calling yourself a partial racist or a partial feminist. Like you either decriminalize or you don't. Right. And in Maine, you might have seen Maine last month in the U.S., they so-called partially decriminalized. But you're right. All they did is the clients are still arrestable and third party facilitators, which could be someone driving me to and from my appointment or my security. And and to me, that is a that's absolute failure right there. And AVN quoted mm-hmm. me as saying that they, 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 it's a bomb. It's going to blow up, you know. And mm. so but when I talk about decriminalization, L, the reason mm-hmm. I link it to legalization is because it's been around for over 50 years and it. It actually is a format that's been tested and works. Decriminalization has, it's got no history. There's no testing. We have no idea how it would really work. But I never want to make people that are engaging in sexual activity uh, without manipulation criminals or felons. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So decriminalization Mm -hmm. and legalization are at least heading in the same direction, which is allowing people to be grown up. And if they're going to exchange money, great. If they're going to exchange potatoes, okay, it gets kind of heavy. But, you know, it's like, (laughs) there's a way to, to take and have a destination for clients. All right. Mm-hmm. And and there's a lot of people that that's what they're looking for. They're looking for that place to go. Mm-hmm. There's medical testing, you know, that that whole format that's been tested for 53 years. And all it did was prove it works. Uh, I, I just want to interrupt real quick. There is a good history of decrim being very effective in New Zealand since they decriminalized in 2003. I actually have some friends over there that are really involved with the activism. And if a client stealths you, you can go to the police about it. And they're very pro condom support over there. The only holes in their decrim situation is they don't allow that to immigrants and people who don't have documentation, which is racism. So that's why I'm always in favor of a decrim model that's true decriminalization, because the people that can't get hired in your beautiful establishment still want to work sex. Right, right. And and are you talking about people that maybe don't have their documents? Is that what you mean? By, mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. because they're either trans or runaway or it's a domestic violence situation or they have convictions relating to previous arrests. In uh, the brothel that I own, they anything that has to do with, you know, like uh, sex work <laughs> that you've been arrested, they, mm-hmm. they just look the other way. They're just, you know, you're going to go into a, a house. Yeah, it's good. Everything's good there. Now, if you've, you know, been a mass murderer or something, or you know, <laughs> or indeed gotten a little trouble when you were much younger, and it's been mm-hmm. three years, or in some cases, 
I think it's five, but many of the ladies that, you know, it happened when they're late teens, early twenties, and it, they write it down. It's, everything's good. You know, people make errors. Mm. And so mm-hmm, it shouldn't sure. be something that, that they're held, you know, it's held against them when they want to do mm-hmm. sex work as their, uh, I'm going to say their profession. So what efforts or steps do you take to create and facilitate a safer or more pleasant or lucrative working environment for your people? You kind of really gave some examples earlier when you mentioned everything you check on and you start by greeting people and looking at the ATM and looking at the marketing. So what else can you think of? In, in, um, in helping everyone do well and be safer, you know, we have, we don't need security there as such, like security guards and things, but we have cameras that just are there, that people know are there. And that way, you know, the people that come through the door, the guests, they're already a little bit nervous unless they've been there before. So they're totally on their best mm-hmm. behavior. And versus, you know, sometimes out in the escorting world, you're walking into someone else's energy, someone else's house. Mm -hmm. And so Mm. you should be nervous because you don't really know. But what we're about is to make them comfortable where they can relax and have the experience they really came to have. Now, the ladies... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have intercoms, we have panic buttons, we have every, we have staff mm-hmm. on site, you know, the ladies, they, they listen, they make sure that there's a lot of laughter going on instead of, and so that, mm-hmm. you know, everyone has, uh, that safety. And that's the thing about brothels. When you come to mm-hmm. a brothel as a lady, you're safe. Mm-hmm. Safest possible. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm looking at the profiles on the website. So kiss slash GFE girlfriend experience. Yes or no. Uh, Yes. Available for female clients, not available for multi-lady parties or couples. It's really fun to see the boundaries and the allowances that people put up. Ah, that's funny. Um, Okay. Lovely website. Sex is natural. It says top right. That is true. So what kind of opposition do you encounter if any and i think i can anticipate some um my first i'm going to say my my first 36 and a half years i had a lot Hmm. (laughs) really but but, you know and by a lot i mean you know you know that that just don't ask them you know, because yeah. the people, they, they want it there. They, they know it helps town. We get, we are a destination. We have so many people that come into town and they're in the hotels or they go to the restaurants or the stores or to buy fuel. And so we are a big asset. However, you know, I have had um, council members that very outspokenly told me I was tolerated and so was my business. Mm-hmm. There's been times that I have had some um, encounters with the sheriff's department. Mm. And, you know, the one thing I've learned is you aren't going to be right. So what's the solution? And by that, I mean, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe 
maybe an officer isn't, you know, like pro brothel mm-hmm. or pro sex work, mm-hmm. but it's gotten better. Mm. And it's as if the, the, the council is more open. <clears throat> I mean, I've got silver hair mm. at this point in time. I've been there so long. <laughs> you go, there's nothing dishonest about me. Mm-hmm. I am merely a legal business helping this town thrive. Mm-hmm. So for context, folks, uh, if you look up Wells, Nevada, um, the Internet is telling me the population is about 1,200 people. Does that sound accurate to you? I think it's close. Yeah. And it looks like you're on the northeastern-ish corner of Nevada. Uh so pretty parallel to Salt Lake City. Ooh, I wonder how many Utah people you get. Uh, sac- well, we're getting a, we're giving those discounts, you know. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, and it looks like pretty far away from Las Vegas. So people do have to travel a ways to get there. But yeah, arguably you're probably the top destination spot in town. So definitely contributing to the local economy. Yes, and. Just to to add to that, Wells sits on the on the northeast crossroads of the United States. I guess you'd say western, north mm-hmm, western, mm-hmm. because I eighty goes coast to coast, and U.S. ninety three goes Canada to Mexico. Oh, so everybody everybody's going to come through Wells. It just isn't a huge city, <laughs> right? But are they going to stop? But, you know. <laughs> Well, maybe for we're you. a destination, right? We're a destination at this point, right? Definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, sounds like it. It sounds like you are the only destination in town. So you'd think that the locals would all be very grateful for you contributing to the economy. Uh, you said you said that you have silver hair now. So, and I take that to mean like, at this point, you you think they would accept that you are non-threatening. You've been here almost thirty-seven years. I, I would think at this point in time they figured out that I, I run this amazing business that helps empower women and that I give no one any trouble. And it's like, why bother to have a judgment? Mm-hmm. It's kind of a moot point. Mm-hmm. Totally. So if you haven't already, everyone go check out bellas.us. This is the brothel keeping episode. I'm your host, L Stanger. You can find my behind the scenes, which is updated daily, patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows. If you're wondering what that necklace vibrator is that you see me in photos or going on about on social media or in podcast, visit theytalksex.com. You'll see a banner in the top right. Free custom engraving, now waterproof. That's the Vesper Design Vibrator Necklace by Love Crave. They're really strong, surprisingly, for how sleek they are. And it is a fave, so no code needed. Just click the banner, visit theytalksex.com. Welcome back to They Talk Sex podcast. Thanks for listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podorama, or theytalksex.com. Write to us, theytalksex at protonmail.com. Let me know if you have any guest ideas, feedback, criticisms, hate mail, or gifts for me. 
And you can find me, your host, lstanger.com. <laughs> so this is the brothel keeping episode. We're here with Bella Cummins. What a hilarious last name. Did you choose that one or was that your government given name? Oh, the Cummins? Yeah. Cummins. Isn't it a great name? That's a good one. Uh, I, <laughs> I, have a, I have a great husband. Aww. And, you know, when, when everything kind of goes left, which it did today, mm-hmm. it plugged up the, the, the coin receivers for both washers and dryers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like, oh, now what are we going to do? Oh, no. Laundry is important at a brothel. I know. He put, showed up at the perfect time. And I was like, I don't know how they got that many coin in there, but we had a little conversation one at a time. <laughs> so, you know, so that was really good. But, you know, Cummins, you know, I typically say, well, I'm Madam Bella Cummins because I I am a madam. I do own the business. Mm-hmm. I am the, the lady that I'm going to say has her neck in the noose for the success of all. Mm-hmm. And just I believe what I was going to add earlier Mm. is that everything I do every day even talking to you Elle that I'm so happy to get your invitation Mm. was about more ladies or more clients guests knowing that there's a destination if they'd like to have that experience bucket list or necessity Mm -hmm. type experience my whole goal is to promote these ladies mm-hmm. because they do split their money with the house, but they make two or three times what an escort would make per hour. And so when I help them reach their financial goals, then they in turn help me keep mm-hmm. going to to promote them or to reach some of my goals, which might be new carpet or a new sofa or mm-hmm. you know whatever it might be. So, you know, it's a it's really important for people to understand that I'm going to say at Bella's, the ladies are first. Mm-hmm. Everything I do has to be to promote them and gets to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think sex work is one of the few industries where we can say the customer is not always right and you can leave. <laughs> and I only accept apologies in cash. That's always good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I had so many questions for this episode from my listeners and my social media followers, specifically at Instagram. I am at stripper writer. I am severely shadow banned and restricted. For being a nasty, dirty whore, obviously. So, uh, actually, I'm a germaphobe whore, but that's that's a different story. Um, so, ha, let's take some listener questions. This this prompt got more hits than a lot of my prompts. So, listener question one, Bella, what's the interview process like when hiring sex workers for your venue? What about for other staff for the venue? Oh, great question. All right. When I'm interviewing a lady, all right, we have this uh, application online and she attaches a couple pictures. The pictures, I, I look at the energy, you know, of them, not, not never just their, their, mm-hmm. their beauty, but the energy, because mm-hmm. that's our real beauty. 
and then I either text them or email them or both and, and work to set up a time to talk because it usually takes about an hour mm. for me to interview because they're interviewing me. Who's Madam Bella? Do I want to go to work mm. for her? Is she, you know, they, they need to know what I stand for, that I'm pro them. I need to know mm. their dreams and goals. Where are they going in life? Do they have some immediate things that they need to take care of? And, you know, and then some of it is, well, the split or, or what do they need to bring or um, just, I'm going to say rather normal questions because there's a, there's a fear. There's a, their homeostasis is whatever they're doing right now. And they know, okay, well, I can make this much money pretty much guaranteed. Gosh, I'd have to have a plane ticket. Oh, how am I going to do that? How do I get from Salt mm-hmm. Lake City to Wells? You know, how, how do I? And then to actually decide mm-hmm. to do it without, without knowing, well, how much am I going to make? And I can say, I can give mm-hmm. you a guesstimate. But there's a learning curve. I have trainers. But if you feel in your heart that this is what you're really supposed to do, then come. Embrace your fear and come. If you're going, oh, my God, I hope this works out, then your Mm -hmm. timing is off. Because there's got to be a knowing in order to sort of shift a career into going through Mm -hmm. another door. So and it and so the ladies are, are like budding courtesans Mm -hmm. they're working to become a businesswoman and to have money more than just for Mm -hmm. the end of the week you know where where they're beginning to work towards those those goals and hopefully that wasn't too long-winded but Mm -mm. that is part of the hiring process that that is where they get to know that my sincerity and my commitment to them as as a mentor or how I spend the money they share. Mm-hmm. And then to move towards the staff. At this point in time, I choose former courtesans that are sh- ready to share their knowledge. Hmm. Now, just typically, since I've got this post of Oh, I always want to call it the pandemic mm-hmm. period, <laughs> where, where we really, you know, we really had to begin anew. Nothing was the same. And then to take that and say, okay, this is it. This is empowerment. I have all of you. You have me. Mm-hmm. I said, this is it. And so from there, it was like some of these former courtesans that maybe worked for me 16 or 20 years ago. Mm. They said, look, I want to help. Wow. So, and so... It, it's and it's beautiful and and then they're learning how to be i'm going to say they're learning how to take on as much as they're able mm-hmm. each and every day what i can mentor them as the madam mm. and so it's it, it's something where i i no longer believe that people that have never worked 
in, you know, um, it, outside the ind- industry only mm-hmm. are a fit in the industry. Mm, no, because they, they, they don't, you know, even like a bartender, I could pay them so much an hour. But if they don't understand what the ladies are working to attract, mm. and they think, you know, this little amount of money is a lot, mm. then they're actually working against mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what all these ladies would like to attract. Nothing cockblocks my money more than girlfriends who don't want their boyfriends to be there or staff that doesn't understand how to optimize my offerings. <laughs> And that could be a simple, right. right? So in the strip club, what does that look like? It could look like a customer goes with a hundred dollar bill and buys a drink or the lady and himself a drink. And then the bartender comes back and gives him big bills and change. Give them all ones so that they throw all the ones. And then they have to go to the ATM to get more <laughs> big money bills. Unband yeah. the ones also make it like, don't, you don't want them carrying around a wad of ones in their pocket and they won't. It's uncomfortable. They'll get rid of them. <laughs> That's right. It's just little things. Okay. Yeah, it's things that people that don't work in the industry have no idea about. Right. It's not logical to them. Right. Okay. Or that's, so that's really interesting. So the staff, like the bartender might've worked as a courtesan for years. So they might even know the regulars. They might've aged out like some of the other regulars um, in that way, but they're still there. So if anyone ever comes back, it's really nice to see the girl that used to be your, your escort or your, your courtesan. Now can, you can buy drinks from and talk to at the bar, you know, something like that. A lot of people like that. It feels like comfort to them. Old home week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So that's really interesting. So your staff is all previous escorts. Previous courtesans. Courtesans. Okay. Okay. Is there, I really want to get my language right for you. Is there a reason why you prefer one term over the other? Uh, escort, and, and I do have an escort license, but um, for Bella's, but escort um, doesn't really talk about that courtesan in the 1500s was actually a prostitute. She was educated and literate where mm-hmm. all the other ladies that, of the nobility and the very rich clientele that she serviced were not. Okay, okay, okay. So it's kind of a class indicator because it does cost more money to go to the fine establishment that can offer you all of these things. And you're more likely to be dealing with people who might have also a higher education. And it doesn't mean college. Right, right. I'm thinking of like Japanese geishas also. Exactly. They've been trained how to dance. They were trained how to pour tea. They were trained in the art of conversation. Okay. Got it. Okay. Okay. That makes sense to me. So so all of your staff for the venue is previous courtesans? Yes. Wow. Okay. Okay. So listener question two. Can you share... Any licensing or inspection or tax situation for your business? I'm genuinely curious if there's different requirements or extra steps for adult venue ownership. Oh, yes. And that really is a good question. It's kind of deep, but I'll work to condense it. Mm -hmm. Because in 1971, about over 50 years ago, the Nevada legislature uh, 
gave the ability for rural counties to have a vote and uh, to decide whether they were going to have licensed brothels. Mm -hmm. All right. So in that process, it means that if I was, when I went to buy uh, Bella's Hacienda Ranch, that was the Hacienda at that time, Mm. um, I had to go through an in-depth check, you know, where uh, they want to know your family, your connections. Uh, they want to know that you aren't with the mob. Mm. They want to know where you got your money. They, so they really want to know uh, everything about you. I would say that uh, it's probably uh, it, the most in-depth, except for once when I had a gaming license. And that's very close. Mm. That 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 what they want to know. And and they want to know who's going to be involved. Mm-hmm. They want to know your business plan. And the, and so once uh, they do the FBI check and they, uh, someone from the sheriff's department goes through your entire application, then that, uh, usually a lieutenant, will appear in front of the Wells City Council and say, you know, I see, uh, I see no reason not to grant uh, Madame Bella a license to operate a brothel. Mm. But in Wells, there's, it, you have to be, um, you have to be applying for an existing license. And, and that is throughout the state. So no one can just go in and start up another brothel and just get another license. Mm. So the, the location of the brothels that are in existence are I think 19 or 20. So those are the ones that uh, a potential uh, buyer would need to approach. And, you know, they might, they might be in the millions, they might be in a few hundred thousand range, but obviously the money coming through the door is going to be that far apart as far as a spread of what a person could expect to uh, generate Mm. in their brothel. But, um, taxes uh the ladies are each given a 1099 because they're businesswomen mm-hmm. with a license and so i'm responsible for my taxes i'm responsible for sales tax i'm responsible for um uh, the the tax and licensing that the city of wells charges for me to uh, be able to turn the key in my lock mm. and uh and so it's it's a it's a brick and mortar business it's mm-hmm. a location mm-hmm. and and yet it's it's what keeps the town going as well mm-hmm. besides mm-hmm. other businesses are that are there it's it's um are there extra steps yeah i'm gonna say that the really the steps are of filling out what I call a a pretty decent amount of paperwork. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, uh, you know, yes, the health department comes in and looks at the bar and stuff, but that's normal Mm -hmm. everyday things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, someone, if they have a calling, they should really look into it. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And look into why, what what, it isn't, it really is never always about the money. Mm -hmm. The money is just the barometer that shows that you're, you're on the right path, mm-hmm. that you're doing the right thing and, and you're being helpful mm-hmm. to, I'm going to say, others. 
I was looking at the map. I'm like, how far away is Wells? <laughs> because the appeal is definitely there to be in such a supportive, positive, proactive environment. So I understand why people feel compelled to work in venues. And I also understand why people need to freestyle as well. Listener question number three, what's your current relationship with local law enforcement like if it's safe enough for you to disclose? Everything is really good. Okay. We keep medical records that, you know, where the ladies have folders and, and it shows their medical clearance and, and their business license and, uh, and their sheriff's card or their work card. Okay. Mm -hmm. We call it a sheriff's card because the sheriff's department issues it. But the, as long as all those requirements are in the box, they just come in, check the box, and they're gone in five minutes. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, so it's it's simple. So the personal info on any of the boxes, I'm trying to, I guess in such a small area, maybe it's not such a problem, but I would be a little, I'm always afraid, like, where are my documents going and who can see them? Because I've definitely been in businesses where the applications are just laying out and I'm like, oh, cool. I don't know that person, but I know where their address is now and their name and what they look like. So it's pretty lock and key. Oh, it's totally under lock and key. It, there's two people that get in what I call the medical box. Me and the sheriff's department. Mm. And they remove nothing. Mm. Good. They just are checking the documents. Okay. That's it. Okay. If a courtesan, how long do they usually exist on, in, on the premises at Bella's? Is there people that are residents there for a long time or can't, what can they come and go policy? Uh, I have ladies that come in to test out to see if it's really a fit for them. And they probably would stay about two weeks. And then I have others that stay a month, take two weeks off or three. Mm. And then I have others that'll stay several months mm. and then take a month off. Mm -hmm. they, but they've got goals. Mm -hmm. And they and, and so they use their their uh, longer stay for momentum. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say if you're like touring or you tell yourself you have so many years in the industry before you're putting all that money into your business or, you know, your law degree or whatever you're you're doing next. Um, or I mean, some people also are shopping for a rich husband when they're working sex. You know, if you happen to fall for your sugar daddy and it's a good arrangement. I know people that have married a client. I'm not saying that's what courtesans are trying to do, but there's so many different outcomes when you are hustling your skills and your talents. Okay, so when they leave, do they, they do another screening STI panel? Yes, and I can explain that when initially when a lady comes in, a courtesan, there's a blood and culture. It's done in-house. It's $150, all right, but you are instantly clear. So you are instantly able to work. Oh, wonderful. All okay. Right? And so there's no downtime. Uh, and then the, let's say you're going to stay for a month out. Mm -hmm. Your next three weeks, it's culture only for a hundred and you're just maintaining a clearance, but blood is only once a month. Okay. Okay. So, and that's funny. This comes to listener question four, what are your screening requirements and how can I work for you? So you kind of just explained <laughs> the screening requirements. <laughs> right. And, you know, even out in escort or 
people that are are having what I call sugar baby or what, whatever it is they're doing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, women are testing. They really are, mm-hmm. whether they go to Planned Parenthood or whatever. So it, I see a lot of, of um, met, you know, condoms are mandatory. And sometimes, you know, when I'm talking to some of these younger courtesans, I go, well, I was at Bella's, you know, as owner before condoms. And they're like, what? <laughs> and you know it's because we 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 didn't have disease what do you we mean? didn't have these things we didn't have people with hiv and then the hiv thing came along and guess what had to happen condoms had to to suddenly get out of the raincoat thickness and and turn into like a real product which it's still evolving they're getting better all the time but back then you know, when the guys said, I might as well take a shower with a raincoat on, mm. they were right. They were thicker. They were, they were rubber. They were, they were, mm. they couldn't have felt anything. Mm. So, but, but we had to deal with that for a short period of time. Mm. But, you know, where I was going with that is I've been at Bella's where it, where nothing nothing that had to do with disease was a problem. Hmm. You know, I mean, it just, I don't, it was, it was the most difficult part was pregnancy. Hmm. And then now it's really, everybody thought that, oh my gosh, you know, wearing condoms was going to be the worst thing in the whole world. Hmm. Brothels were going to go away. They were wrong technology products had to evolve and and wearing a condom is just something people do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is really good oh yeah yeah condom technology has gotten great um i this is not an ad i really like gems uh, i could barely feel those and skin uh, I like those a lot too. Yeah. Okay. So last listener question before we take another break, is there an ideal client type or things an ideal client does? <laughs> well, they all have money. Yeah, they, they have a lot of money, Yep. you know, and I believe that the ideal client is adventurous. They aren't on too tight a budget. And they're willing to allow their fantasy and their wallet to match. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, yeah. And they're kind. Generous. They aren't aggressive. Yeah. No haggling. <laughs> well, they, you know, it's like they're, they're, they're there to be with a woman that they could never be with anywhere else. And they can talk about sex and have exactly what they'd like to have. And he doesn't have to call her in the morning. <laughs> And he could, you know, he could have um, what I call an experience that's good for him all the way around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've when I've talked to uh, a few men who could afford to frequent brothels, it really is like an oasis for them because you're right that uh, that setup doesn't exist in any other way. So, okay, so let's take another break. Uh, Thank you to our sponsors. Find us, Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Potterama, and they talk sex. This is the brothel keeping and activism episode. Our guest is Bella Cummins. She has 
run Bella's uh, Hacienda Ranch for almost 37 years now. Yes. And find them bellas.us. It's L here with a juicy secret. You have so many options for your relationship structure. Best-selling author, New York Times, and NPR contributor Dr. Jolie Hamilton is the expert who helps people custom design relationships to get more of what they want. Dr. Jolie's highly coveted program, The Year of Opening, is for people who are ready for more. To join the waitlist and get first dibs on a one-to-one call with Dr. Jolie at no charge, sign up for free now at theyearofopening.com. Welcome back to the Talk Sex Podcast. We are talking brothels. I am learning about this brothel, Bella's Hacienda Ranch. Can I ask why you changed, uh, you added ranch on the end of it, you said at some point? I did add ranch to it, and and it went through a couple of different changes uh, because of of judgment. Hmm. And it went from Hacienda to Hacienda Ranch to Bella's Gentleman's Club, and then eventually in uh, 2020, no, 2000, Mm. 2000, I I said, look, it's Bella's Hacienda Ranch. Hmm. And so that's, I've stuck with that. And, you know, it was, uh, I was actually born with uh, the name Shauna. And during uh, some, some of the more difficult times mm-hmm. in what I call my growth, I wound up uh, reading a book called Belladonna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was about, it, it, it's pretty deep. It's, it's a unusual book, but I realized that I was never going to get people to understand that I was following a calling hmm. and that it didn't matter if they liked me. I had to like me and I didn't need to change anybody's opinion about me. They didn't need to know if I was honest or not. And I needed to be able to forgive people that maybe weren't kind to me. And so in this book, this young lady learns that all time that we fail to forgive is lost. Hmm. And so I wanted to, to I'm going to say, honor the Hacienda with my transformation. I became Bella. I became this woman that, that um, was going to speak out was going to speak out on the, on the courtesan's behalf. Mm. That's beautiful. And, and give, and, and give being human correctly. Mm -hmm. What I call what it deserves, because it's really the only reason we're in these bodies. (laughs) We really didn't come here to see how hard we could work or how much we could eat or drink. Mm -hmm. We're here to touch. We're here to experience sensual, sexual encounters correctly mm-hmm. and that's the key mm-hmm. it doesn't need puritanical judgment it just needs people 
to interact correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kindly. So can we talk about your efforts to get the working title in your state uh, renamed from prostitute to courtesan? Apparently, there was some media about this. I see a 2news.com from June of this year, 2023. Bella's Hacienda brothel owner wants to replace prostitute title on worker cards. And I see a copy of a letter that you wrote. So I'm just going to read a little bit from it and then ask, ask you more. So it says you asked the city council to replace a prostitute with courtesan. You said derogatory terms like prostitute perpetuate social stigmas and stereotypes leading to further discrimination and marginalization of sex workers. It's important that Nevadans understand and appreciate the impact of the words we use to describe the workers in our communities. You continue by saying derogatory terms can contribute to a hostile environment undermine their inherent dignity, and hinder social progress. So by avoiding derogatory terms and using respectful language when classifying female workers, we promote inclusivity, foster understanding, and contribute to a more compassionate and equitable society. Absolutely. Yeah. What is what is going on with this right now? How does this stand? They're rewriting the code. No way. And, it, you know, of course, they always say it's going to take a while. Well, <laughs> okay. Yeah. We get that, but it it is going to be. And and here was here was part of my uh, reasoning, and and there's many, but we'll we'll touch on a few. These women that work in what would I call the legal rural brothels, they go through a lot that maybe other women don't go through. Mm-hmm. All right, to be what you'd call a legal licensed sex worker businesswoman Mm. and to have them have a label of prostitute when let's say illegal workers go go through none of the things they do to become legal and and businesswomen and for the the name to be the same the label to be the same doesn't make any sense if you if i was to say well I, you know, I work on the blade. Mm. Okay, well, maybe prostitute would be the correct term. I still want to argue sex would... worker because we, we don't want derogatory terms thrown at anybody working sex, but I could understand a differentiation between sex worker and courtesan. But I'm not keen on sex worker. Really? They, I, I've, I've seen it because I don't, I've been at Bella's long enough to know there isn't as much sex that goes on behind that door as people think. <laughs> Not what and I expected. So why to would, <laughs> and so why would we put that label on? Um... You know, I, I could see sensual service provider <laughs> because nobody knows. They aren't behind that door. That's funny. And so in, in, in use of courtesan, all right, because it's a, a term that means prostitute, but it's that educated upper end nobility, upper end clientele. It, it just distinguishes that they have done extra requirements, legal requirements to earn that, that uh, I'm going to call it a label, even though I not labels aren't mm-hmm. the best way to put it. It's a differentiating I, title. You know, I mean, I, I want to know if I'm seeing a certified counselor or a certified coach on something because that could tell me different training, mm-hmm. right? Um, yes. Right. I want to know if I'm seeing 
you know, a financial advisor versus a, what's the term, a CPA, you know, like different training. So yeah, I, I really like sex workers as an umbrella term. And then of course we get to pull our specificalities out of that. Uh, Correct. Now, one more thing, if mm-hmm. we've got a minute. Mm-hmm. If if I was to say that, of course, not everyone can, not every lady can find a brothel mm-hmm. at this point in time to work in, okay? We all wouldn't fit. However, there are other avenues that I, I believe are important to look at. Mm-hmm. So in the state of Nevada, and this, this isn't part of our regulations, but if I was working in uh, Las Vegas independently or Reno, because those two places, uh, it's, it, it, they can't have brothels. Mm. They made that where all those sex workers could work in the casinos and, and, and they didn't, they didn't, they didn't fall under what we'll call a legal category. But if I was a lady and I was, let's call it a courtesan, and I was arrested, mm. all right? And I went in front of the judge and I said, Your Honor, here's my medical clearance. Here's my Nevada State business license. And here's my business license to work as a sole proprietor in Las Vegas. I, I'm, a business, I'm a businesswoman. I would mm. throw it out. Because she has decided how she's going to run her business. And to me, that's fair. She can pay her taxes. She's, she's already doing everything that a, a courtesan of Bella's would do. Hmm. But that is a different type of woman that wants to do it that way. If, if a massage parlor that wants to give happy endings, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. What's the criteria? <laughs> oh, I've got a I've got a business license. I've got, you know, this and I've got my medical clearance. Great. Because that's the she wants to be a massage person. Perfect. But see, there's all these other ways to to make things uh never just about the legalization of brothels. There has to be other options. We're in the third decade of the 21st century. Agreed. So you mentioned earlier, so Bella's Hacienda Ranch is offering a discount to residents of Utah. Why? Um, Well, they are. (laughs) What's written there is true. They are (laughs) the most sexually repressed. All right. And um, we don't, you know, I don't want to talk about religion. But. You know, people get to believe what they believe, but because Bella's Hacienda Ranch is the closest to Idaho, which happens to be somewhat religious the same way uh, as Utah, that's the only difference. And, And that's why I'm popular with this crossroad is it gives people from those two states a place to have the the um human experiences they'd like to have mm-hmm. i think it was and um they are not 
Now, they're not our only clients, but, you know, the idea is that's what makes me different from the ones down in Pahrump or in Reno on the outskirts, you know, which isn't really Reno. It's a, hmm. a Lyon County or Story County. Mm-hmm. But that's that their draw is the cities. Mine is these two states mm. or from the website, which is really a call to action website. They come from, you know, and the ladies as well that mm. work with me. They come from Oregon. They come from Washington. They mm. come from Florida. They come from New York. They, they come from uh, Columbia. They come from everywhere. Wow. Wow. So it says in, uh, yeah, this is website. Let's see. So also you guys are featured on the New York Post. Uh, but I always prefer to, just for my listeners, New York Post is a ton of sensationalist and often sex-negative garbage. I'm glad that they advertised about you folks, though. Uh, we'll use that shit to our advantage when we can. But there's an outkick.com. This kind of looks like kind of a bro website, too. But uh, Nevada brothel offers steep discount to Utah residents, uh, sexually repressed. So it says Bella's Hacienda Ranch owner, Madam Bella Cummins, has announced that everyone with a Utah ID will receive a 10% discount for the rest of 2023 on all sensual services. Perfect. Beautiful. Okay, cool. So, And that way, that way we aren't pointing fingers at anybody. We're just saying, you have that Utah license? <laughs> come on down. Come and get it. Yeah. Come and come. <laughs> uh, so what, as we wrap, what legislation or policies do you think need to change for the work to be safer? What would you like to see? Um, you mean within Nevada, and, the, the legislation anywhere. there? Sure, yeah, what you know or what uh, otherwise. To be safer? Yeah. I would like to see Nevada, border to border, have designated uh areas for brothels and that means Mm. that two two cities and i know vegas is like there's way too much trafficking go on going on down there oh yeah and there's more um prostitution related arrests than any other state yes Mm -hmm. and it's like give them a district Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that the the clients coming to look for that, great. Mm-hmm. The other gals, okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe you take my suggestion about if you get arrested, you've got all the documents. And then, to me, it's like a, a no-brainer. But typically, when when someone has never worked with the licensing requirements of courtesans. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know to ask. So, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm saying out loud until your state has designated areas for what I call brothels, legally licensed brothels, then at least at least do something for oneself so that should you get arrested. They'd have nothing that they could hold you on. Because you're really a licensed businesswoman covering public safety with your medical clearances. And then I just know it would get traction. Yeah, I I always hope for full decriminalization so that nobody is arrestable or punishable or, you know, able to be extorted by friends, family, cops, traffickers, anything. And that people that right, that, right, that can resource themselves also can take the steps forward to further and grow whatever kind of hustle they have. 
And under Decrim, there would be so many, you could have so many other brothels. And I'm happy to hear that you're not um, feeling proprietary, where you're like, no, we can be the only excellent brothel in this state. You understand there's a need. No. There, of course there is. And I truly believe that there are many, many, many men, trans ladies, mm-hmm. that want to be independent. Mm-hmm. then just do it mm-hmm. pay your taxes pay what they want make it where they got nothing on you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep all right so i ask every guest this do you have any sex tips for our audience i do <laughs> i do be authentic in, in instead of just having the hormones raging and, and putting on the, the very best of you, all right? Make sure that what happens in the bedroom or if you like having your hand held, talk about it while you're in that phase of your relationship mm-hmm. because you can't suddenly bring it up after the fact. You want to be open about how you feel about things. So that, you know, it isn't like our parents where, you know, the the guy gets burnt toast for 50 years and he never told her that he really hated burnt toast. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when she burned it the first time, oh, it's okay, I like it that way. Mm. He didn't. (laughs) And and then never take things personally. Let them talk about, uh, you know, could we maybe do it this way instead of like this? It's just, I like it better, or it makes me come more, or whatever it is. You've got to be open about it, and you want to be with someone that is open about it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that when you want to be more experimental, you don't have someone that says, you know, when they say something like, well, could we have the, the blowjob this way? And And the other person goes, well, I thought you liked the way I did it. And the fight's on. So it's like, let's keep it experimental. Let's let's make this the 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 most fantastic forever that you that you'd like to have when you when you're in that that dating phase. And mm-hmm. that's I believe why the brothel has the success it has. Because well, what do you want? Mm-hmm. And it gets negotiated out. No one takes it personally. It's this amount of money. It's whatever it is. And it's like, it's just, it's like the, the experience everyone would like to have. Mm-hmm. But we, we fail to put it in our personal relationships because we're afraid mm-hmm. to speak our truth. Well, well, you know, what if it pisses him off and he leaves? Well, okay. Mm-hmm. Next. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your wisdom. Everybody, you listened to the brothel keeping episode. Our guest is Bella Cummins. Find her at bellas.us and find me lstanger.com. Until next time. Mm-hmm.